Hey there, thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better, and our heart is to reach, send, nurture, and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or head over to our website, resound.church forward slash app, to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Hello church, it is great to be with you wherever you are joining us from uh, today and uh, this morning is week two of our journey through the book of Nehemiah. You know last week Wayne kicked off the series and so if you haven't yet uh, listened to his message I encourage you to go back and have a listen of that. Um, If you're not familiar with the story of Nehemiah, um, I want to encourage you, there's a great eight minute video on the Bible project that you can watch, which gives some great um, context and background to the story of Nehemiah and where this book fits in the overarching biblical narrative. So I encourage you to go and have a watch of that also. But just to help us this morning to get up to speed and to give us a platform to launch off together, I just want to give some brief background and context as to where we're at in this story. You know, Nehemiah was a Jewish man living in the land of Babylon and and we don't know a lot about him, but what we do know is that he was a cupbearer to the king, King Artaxerxes. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And the king at the time was the most powerful man in the world. And Nehemiah's job was to make sure that the king's food and the king's wine was of good quality and that it was safe for him to drink. You know, Nehemiah would test the food and test the wine to make sure there wasn't any poison and no one was out to get the king. That was Nehemiah's job and service at the time. And one day, Nehemiah's brothers and some other men come to visit him in Babylon. They come from Jerusalem and Nehemiah inquires about the Israelites. He inquires about the exiles that have, um, that have, that have survived and are now living in Jerusalem and he asks how they're going. And uh, these brothers and, 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 and men that come to visit Nehemiah, they let him know that they are not doing well. It says the people are in trouble. The walls which are supposed to guard and protect the city, they've broken down. The, 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 the gates have been burned down. The people are vulnerable. You know, Jerusalem, God's holy city, the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, they, they were meant to resemble and, and show God's glory on earth, yet they weren't in a good place. And so I just want to read this morning and pick up the story in Nehemiah chapter 1 and read from verse 4 to 11. If you've got your Bible this morning, read along with me. But here is what it says. It says, When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and let your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, the decrees and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I've chosen as a dwelling for my name. 
They are your servants and your people, whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favour in the presence of this man. I was cupbearer to the king. Hey, if you're taking notes this morning, I'd love you to write down this title. The title this morning is Take Action, Let's Pray. Take Action, Let's Pray. You know, when I read this passage of scripture, it really grabs my attention because I wouldn't say that I am an overly emotional person. I don't really cry very much. You know, if I'm watching a movie that's got a sad storyline or a TV show, it doesn't bring me to tears. I'm just not really an emotional person in that way. If I were to cry, it's probably from tears of laughter rather than tears of sorrow or, 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 or emotion. But you know, Nehemiah grabs my attention because of the emotional response that he has to the news that he heard. It says after receiving the news, he sat down and he wept for some days. He mourned, he fasted and prayed. You know, it was an overwhelming emotion that Nehemiah experienced. And there's a word that comes to my mind when I read this passage of scripture. And what it was, was burden. Nehemiah was carrying a burden for the nation of Israel and the condition that they were in. You know, Nehemiah was burdened because he had an insight to the gap between what was and what should be. And that's often what a burden is. It's, it's seeing the gap between where something is and where it should be. And so Nehemiah carried this emotional weight, a sense of responsibility to see Israel rebuild its city and move forward into the future which God intended. You know, as Wayne shared last week, we need to begin this process in our lives, in moving forward into the future which God intends for us. And Wayne shared that it needs to begin with an inquiry with God as to what our future may look like. And with that inquiry, it needs to spark an emotion in us which should cause us to put in an effort and to produce an outcome. You know, the truth is that without burdens, not a lot gets done in life or gets done for the kingdom of God. You know, we can become stagnant. We can become complacent. We can accept the status quo. We can have so much unfulfilled potential. And at times we can become consumer Christians. We don't focus on the mission of God, but we focus on just sitting still and, and making sure that we're safe and we're comfortable. You know, burdens aren't meant to bury us, but they're meant to prompt us and they're a precursor to call us to action. Ultimately for Nehemiah, it was rebuilding the city walls of Jerusalem and it will look different for each and every one of us. But there's something that we can learn from Nehemiah and how he responded to his burden. You know, there's something that I want us to pick up this morning. And it's that Nehemiah's first action was to fast and to pray. It says Nehemiah fasted and prayed for days. His concern led him into the presence of God. His burden brought him to God and that is God's desire. You see, God's desire isn't that we would shirk burden or, or, or avoid burdens, but actually burdens would bring us closer to him and draw us to him for the next season of our life. You see, it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. You know, it's important that we, that we understand that the first response that we need to have is to pray. If you're carrying a weight today, if you're unsure about what your future may hold, 
if you're desiring to do something with God, if your inquiry has led you to a place of emotion and, and you're sensing that God is leading you to something but it seems so big and almost impossible, you need to take action and pray. Can I say this? That prayer is the foundation for our future. Prayer is the place that our future can begin to be built upon. You know, why should we pray? We should pray because when we do, we're calling on the living presence of God. You know, our God is a living God full of power and authority. And when we pray, we're tapping into that source that is available to us. When we pray, we're drawing on a strength and a wisdom and a knowledge far greater than our own. When we pray, we're choosing to humble ourselves to say, God, I need help. I need guidance. I need peace in this process that I'm going through. And when we pray, we bring our situation and circumstance into the right perspective. We measure it up to the huge, awesome, amazing God that we serve. You know, Jesus himself prayed. Throughout the Gospels, there's record of Jesus praying. He'd pray for the disciples. He'd pray over people to be healed. He often withdrew to spend time with his heavenly Father and pray. And in, in Jesus' greatest time of need, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane before going to the cross for my sin and your sin and the sin of the world, what did Jesus do? Jesus prayed. You know, to step into the future that God has for us individually and collectively, it's time to take action and it's time to pray. You know, prayer isn't an act of religion. It doesn't have to be done at certain times of day. It doesn't have to be done for a certain amount of time. We don't have to use certain words. You know, I want to encourage you to not compare your prayer life to anybody else's. Absolutely, we should glean and learn from people, but let's not compare ourselves where we maybe feel discouraged or that we can't pray. You know, prayer is simply this. It's all about connection with God and communicating with God, talking to your heavenly Father and letting him talk back to you. You know, I want to encourage you this morning that God isn't a distant, uninvolved or hard to please God, but is a loving caring, close, personal God, desiring to connect with you each and every day. And I don't know what God is speaking to you in this season or what God's putting on your heart for the season to come, but I know this, for Nehemiah, what God was calling him to do, it was big, it was huge, and it was too big for Nehemiah to handle, and it led him to pray. You know, I just want us to look at this prayer which Nehemiah prays and I want to break it down and, and look at a few of the things that Nehemiah mentions so that we can um, apply it to our prayer life, so that we can go away and use this for ourselves. And so if you're um, taking notes this morning, this is the time to begin to take notes, write some on your mobile phone, take them handwritten, whatever it is for you. But I want to encourage you to engage in this moment because I believe the truths in this prayer can impact your life. You know, initially in verse 5, Nehemiah says, the God of heaven. First of all, he says, the God of heaven. I want you to write this down. Prayer brings perspective. You know, Nehemiah was acknowledging that God is a big God. That God is God over this earth, over the galaxies, the universe. But he's also God over all of the heavens, the unseen realm that we do not see. Nehemiah was acknowledging that God is the one true God who sits on his, on his throne. He reigns on his throne in heaven. You know, for Nehemiah, this was a big task that he was undertaking. And in this moment, he was remembering that this is a big God that he serves and calls him by name. You know, I want to encourage you this morning, however big the rebuild may be for you in your life, whatever it is that God is calling you to do, 
you serve a bigger and greater God. And here's the truth as well, that for us that live on this side of the cross, this big God that we serve and this, this big God that, that, that calls us to do things, that same God now lives in you. He goes before you, but he lives in you through the power of his Holy Spirit. And in 2 Timothy, it says that that spirit is not one of fear, but of power, love and of sound mind. In this next season of your life, don't allow fear to take hold, but pray and allow it to bring perspective. The second thing that Nehemiah says is he says, the great and awesome God. I want you to write this down, that prayer helps us to remember how great our God is. You see, Nehemiah was confident in who he was putting his faith in. He was remembering all that God had done for the nation of Israel, the faithfulness that God had had towards the nation of Israel and the power and the miracles that he had performed time and time again. And as we move forward, we need to remember what God has done in our lives. The times that he's brought us through, the difficult circumstances and situations that we've faced. You know, I want to encourage you to make a list of the things that God has done in your life. The faithfulness that he has shown the things that he has done and give God some praise in this season. You know, Nehemiah says twice, he says in verse six and in verse 11, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer. This is a simple but powerful reality that when we pray, God listens. You know, it's a simple point, but sometimes I think we can be discouraged that when we pray, whether it's in our home, our living room, our bedroom, maybe it's in the shower, maybe it's in your car. Sometimes we can often think of the words that we're speaking, even leaving the room that we're in. But the truth is that every word you speak in your heart and every word that you speak out of your mouth, God is listening. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, it says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. God is close and personal, ready, ready to listen to your prayers. Continuing in verse six, Nehemiah, it says that he prayed day and night. This is something that we really need to take hold of this morning. I want to encourage you to be persistent in your prayer. Nehemiah was consistent. He continually talked with God and the apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, says something similarly. He says to pray continually. And this isn't about having a posture of being on our knees with our hands raised and, and shouting out to God morning to night. That isn't what this is saying in scripture. What this is saying is that we need to have a spirit of prayer. It's an encouragement to just keep talking with God whether it's in your car, whether it's in your shower, whether it's mowing your lawns, whether it's when you're running. If you do it while you're running, you might run out of breath, but that's cool, give it a go anyway. But it's about staying close to God. You know, often prayer can be a difficult process to engage and connect in, but we need to remember that the devil hates prayer because there's so much power in it. When we pray, things happen and there's, a, there's an enemy of our soul who's wanting to stop us from praying wanting to stop us from pursuing the purpose of God over our life, wanting to stop us from praying into other people's lives. And we have to fight and be persistent in prayer. You know, we need to remember that if prayer was powerless, it would be easy. But prayer holds so much great power that there's a resistance against it and we need to press in. We need to push on. We need to press through and be persistent in prayer. You know, it's important to understand that being persistent in prayer isn't necessarily about the gift or the outcome, but it's more about the giver. 
It's more about remaining close to God, growing in our relationship with him, growing in our connection with him, understanding more about him and letting him speak truths into our lives. Persistence in prayer is also about showing God that we're serious about what we're asking him for. You know, I'm the father of two children. I've got a daughter, Lily, who's three and a half, and Noah, who's 15 months. And, and Lily may come up to me and say, Daddy, I'm hungry. And I'll maybe just sometimes wait for her to come back to me again and ask me just to make sure that she is actually hungry and not just bored. I want to make sure that she's serious about what she's asking for. And so she'll come back again and ask. And when she comes back, I know that she's being serious. And that's the same with us in our prayer life. As we pray and we persist, it it catches the attention of the heart of God to say, God, I am in for this. You know, in verse six and seven, it says that Nehemiah confessed the sins of the Israelites and included himself. And it says, I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. You know, through prayer, it's a time for repentance. And this may not be an easy topic to talk about, but it's true. You know, Nehemiah knew that he and his ancestors had strayed from the the commands that God had given, from the heart of God. And to step into the future that God has for us, this season could be a time of repentance for us all. You know, drawing close to God, the reality of that is that it reveals our sin. God is a holy, perfect God. and, And as we remember his character and his flawlessness, it can often reveal our shortcomings. And this isn't about bringing condemnation over ourselves, but it's about realigning ourselves to the heart of God. You see, when we first made a decision to accept Jesus into our life, we repented of our sin. By the blood of Jesus, we are washed clean and we are forgiven every sin, past, present and future. But the truth is, repentance is an ongoing process in our lives. It's a a redirecting, it's a realigning of our desires, our plans and our purposes towards the heart and the mission of God. And when we repent, it's not just about the the overt um, sins that we have, the obvious sins that we have in our life. Like this morning, if I were to say, um, you know, someone has murdered someone, I think we would all agree that we, we need to repent of that. We need to turn from that and not do it again. But what about the sins which aren't as obvious? What about the sins that we don't always confront? What about just floating along and and not living intentionally in in the purpose which God has placed on your life? To engage in the mission that God has for you and to see his kingdom advance. You know, I think our prayer in this season needs to be like the prayer of David in Psalm 139. Where it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Whatever it looks like, repentance is to say sorry and begin living in the purpose God has created you for in a greater way. It's not just saying sorry, but it's redirecting, realigning, repurposing the direction that we're taking our life in. You know, in verse 8, Nehemiah says, remember the instructions you gave your servant Moses. I want you to write this one down. The truth is that when we pray, God speaks. You know, Nehemiah points out the time that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments at at Mount Sinai. And Nehemiah is remembering this because he's expecting God to speak to him in this next season. He's expecting God to lead him and guide him as he begins to lead this uh, mission of rebuilding the city walls. And the truth is for all of us, that God wants to speak to you in your life. He wants to instruct you into this next season and what it looks like. But the big question for all of us is, are we giving ourselves the space 
to hear and listen from God. You know, never before have we had more information and access to things um, around us through our devices. And I'm sure for some of us during this time of um, isolation and lockdown, our screen time has probably increased. I know mine has for sure. And uh, there's so many access to podcasts and, and things that we can listen and glean from, which, are, which aren't bad things in themselves. But we need to remember that none of these things can replace coming to the throne room of God for ourselves to hear from him for the future of our lives. And from there, we can talk to someone and gain clarity as to what God is saying to us. We need to create space and listen. You know, Nehemiah says, they are your servants and your people. Throughout this whole process, Nehemiah was other people focused. Nehemiah prayed and acted for others. You know, this season is one where we're gonna build individually, but also corporately. And we need to be praying and relating to people where they are at in life. We need to come alongside each other and pray with one another. You know, we need to pray for provision. We need to pray for those that don't know Jesus. We need to pray for marriages and families. We need to pray for mental health and spiritual growth. We need to pray for our government. We need to pray for the church as we begin to rebuild after this season and taking hold of the mission of God in a new way. You know, in verse 10, to finish with this one. Nehemiah says, give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Nehemiah prays for favor. And I want to encourage you to pray for favor. You know that God would make a way to accomplish all that he is asking you to do, all that he is calling you to do, all that is on your heart to do. You know, God did it for Nehemiah. I don't want to skip too far ahead, but read chapter two and see the provision and, and how God made a way for Nehemiah as he stepped into all that God was calling him to do. And I want to encourage you that if you have sought after God and God has placed a burden on your heart for, for this next season of your life, he will provide all you need to see it accomplished. If it's finances, he'll provide it. If it's people, he'll bring them around you. If it's wisdom to know which door to go through and which door to not go through, God will provide the answers. But we need to take action and we need to pray. You know, as we come to a close this morning, I just want to ask you this question. Which of these points that we've covered today are speaking into your life and situation? You know, maybe God has placed a burden on your heart and you're overwhelmed and you need to gain a fresh perspective of how big and awesome and, and amazing our God is that we serve the God that goes before you, the God that lives in you. Maybe this next season has so many uncertainties in it for you and you need to put distractions aside and spend some time before God in understanding what this is going to look like for you. Maybe it's a season of repentance and realigning. You've been floating along in your relationship with God and now is the time to press in and to really push into what God is calling you to do. Wherever you find yourself, it's time to take action and pray. Connect with God and let him speak into your season and the season to come. Hey, I just want to finish by praying for you this morning. Father God, we thank you that we can come before you anywhere, anytime, and you delight in hearing our prayers. Father God, for everybody that is uh, listening this morning, God, I just pray that we would have that fresh desire to come before you in prayer. And I pray, Lord, as we pray, you would speak. 
We would hear from you to understand, God, what it is that you're directing us to do in this next season of our life, what it all looks like, Lord Jesus. Father God, I pray for those this morning that are carrying burdens and loads and weights. I pray that we can bring them to you and leave them with you, Father God. We weren't designed to carry the weight and the load of so many different things, but we have a saviour who can. And so this morning, God, I just pray that this would be a time of purpose and a time of peace for us all. We just commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I hope you have a great day and we'll chat to you soon. Bye for now. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.